I know, I know. I disappeared for a minute, yeah. But I'm back. I'm finally back. And I am sorry I disappeared for a minute, but yo. This depression thing na real. <laughs> It's so real and I just I needed to take a mental break from just everything and everyone because I I don't know, I just started to feel really overwhelmed and I, I guess it happens a lot in sobriety when you start to feel like you have your shit together and then, you know, someone comes and pulls the rug under you and next thing you, you realize you still have all your issues. <laughs> so I just, I needed to take a break and I'm so thankful to those of you who have responded very kindly and encouragingly of me taking my mental break and you know getting my shit together before i can keep doing this because yo i don't want to give people half-hearted half-hazard work you know i have to give it my best so if i'm not feeling like i'm gonna give my best why not take a break you know it's good to rest it's good to rest not all the time but it's good to take a break sometimes and then come back you you feel even better you know yeah Hi, and welcome back to Sober UG, your favorite podcast about alcohol and substance abuse and recovery and what that all means to us as children of the Pearl of Africa. I'm your host, Guhi, of course, and I hope that this week's episode makes up for me being MIA the last couple of weeks because this week's episode is so special. I had the amazing opportunity to meet and talk to an actual celebrity. Yeah, like not not these things of me bringing my normal normal friends and we pretend we're famous. No, like this lady is an actual celebrity. She's been a celebrity. She is a celebrity. Will probably forever be a celebrity. And honestly, I don't mind that. <laughs> and she was so fun to talk to. She was so real and so cool. And the outfit she had on when we met up for the interview. My god like my god yo someone needs to teach me how to dress now like i was there looking like her house girl (laughs) (laughs) anyway so this celebrity is an amazing artist she's an amazing singer she's a performer she was a member of one of the most if not the most influential ugandan girl groups of all time i mean if you were not a blue three fan what were you even doing with your life like just saying you don't know what you missed out on <laughs> anyway she is the beautiful look bara queen of the nile the original not a gold digger <laughs> have you guessed yet no Always, you still need more clues. <laughs> anyway, it is the one and only Miss Jackie Chandiru. I know, I couldn't believe it either when she agreed to do the interview with little old me. <laughs> I, I felt so special. I was so humbled, I was so honored, and I was just I was so starstruck, you guys. And of course, in true Guhi fashion, I had to embarrass myself and just fun girl all over her but she was so sweet and so warm she didn't even like seem to mind at all it was amazing yeah so we met up at a cute little restaurant in tinder called coffee city and we talked about 
like a lot from her music to her addiction to her recovery her future plans it was so fun and when jesus says yes guys <laughs> really nobody can say no because someone tell me why my mic betrayed me at the last minute like i was there fidgeting in front of a celebrity like right next to her i'm there doing testing testing one two three and there's nothing coming out of the microphone mm. guys i was so i was so embarrassed i was so embarrassed but the devil is a liar because we just ended up using my trusty smartphone and it honestly went better than i expected to and so while you listen i hope you also feel transported into the restaurant and our discussion and feel like you are you're you're actually there yeah also for the first time ever i will be giving an exclusive debut of jackie's new single and that little gift of yours will be played at the end of the episode so stay tuned till the end and enjoy Hi Jackie. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm so humbled. I'm so honored. I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. I am such a fun girl. Let me take this chance to really fun girl because <laughs> I may never meet you again. And I'm just I'm so elated to sit and talk to you today. How are you? I'm very fine. Thank you so much for having us. Thank yeah. You. Thank mm-hmm. you. I mean, I am honored. I'm the one it's the pleasure is all mine. Okay, so my podcast is about sobriety and the struggles of mental health that most Ugandans go through and end up running to drugs or alcohol. And I know your story has also been a bit public, really. and Very public, yeah, actually. Yeah, very public, yeah. yes. And I just... Um, first of all, I want to say congratulations. It's so good to see you alive and healthy and Thank beautiful. You. Like, for those of you who can't see her right now, she looks freaking gorgeous. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, how has it been ever since getting back into society? Um, it, it definitely hasn't been easy because uh, by the time I, I, I took time off from, um, away from people, away from the country, I was judged a lot. Yeah. There were so many judgments that people were passing when it came to me. And yeah, it, it, it coming back and then having to face all that and all these questions from people, it was not something easy. But I'm glad that I'm able to, to overcome that. And I'm basically starting afresh. You're killing it. And it's always, it's always a good idea to have a fresh start. So first, a couple of music, music questions because yes, you are sure, an no artist. Um, have you always wanted to do music? Uh, no, actually, no. Music was just um, one of those. For some reason, when I was young, I would listen to songs and I felt, okay, I think I can sing this. I can try this. I can try that. But um, I always wanted to sing like Mariah Carey. Ooh. The only problem is she's multi-octave. And vocally, what, what does that mean? she can go way past um, five octaves of Doremi till, till the end. Oh. And she starts from where she ends until, you know, she also does the, the, the whistle the voice. The, so that is, yeah, it's not uh, something easy. So when I figured I could not do that, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm meant to be a singer. 
So I wanted to become a doctor. Wow. Yes. Then a pilot. And uh, yeah, those, those two are my main professions in mind. So you, you, you like science, basically? Yes, I like science. Ah. I just like understanding things that people don't understand. Oh, or they're okay. not easy to understand. So that's, that has always been me. That's cool. So you're like a, like a geek. You could say so. <laughs> a, a, a very hot geek. Yeah, yes. a very hot geek. I love that. I love that. Okay, cool. Um, so who are your music inspirations besides Mariah Carey? Brandy. Brandy. Uh, yes. Um, I like Brandy for, for, for one reason. She's not, a, I can't say she sings the highest of keys, but then she picks um, what's comfortable in her voice and then she uses it to the maximum to bring out something that is so beautiful to your ears. So her, when it comes to the vocal, vocal part of it, and when it comes to performances, Michael Jackson, the late Ooh. Michael Jackson. Yes. Yeah, actually, that explains why your dance moves are usually very difficult to copy. It's, 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 he's always, um, he, he, he never just performs a song for the song. He performs the song when he's listening to the kicks, the snares, the bass, the guitar, the high hats, the low hearts. He listens to everything at once and then he puts it there. Then the vocals come later. So that's, that's why it didn't matter if he performed a new song that people didn't know. As long as they watched him, they would be like, I need to listen to this song. So yeah. it was just something for him, performance-wise, he was the ultimate for me. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. It, it, it shows, I think, in, oh, yeah. in your performances. I don't well. know you what, kill what it. people say, but... You kill it. I have seen a couple of them. You kill it every time. I try. And thank I you. Try. Because you're making me realize it's actually not just singing and... No. Moving, moving your hips. Because for me, that's... No, it's, it, That's it's, what it's it not was. that. It, it takes a lot, especially if uh, sometimes there's people that write songs for you. Wow. So you have got to step into their skin and you've got to step into the skin of the producer. What was the producer thinking when he, he, he played this here, when he did this here? What was the writer thinking when he wrote this in this manner? So you, it's not just a matter of um, shake your hips and you're yeah. done and go, no. You have to, and when you do that, when you're you perform, you ha- you're sending a message and you have to leave an impression, yeah. a good impression. Definitely. Wow. Mm. Okay. Um, do you have a pre-performance routine? Like, like a ritual that you do before every performance? Oh, yeah, I pray. Yeah? I pray. I have to pray with my, my dancers, like, way before that. Ah. And then before I leave the room, definitely I have to pray because you just never know what can happen. And sometimes you just never take people for granted because they will expect you to give them something like 500%. So you have to pray that you meet their standards. So for whoever it is that has come to watch you, you got to pray for that. That is so nice to hear that artists actually care about the people that they are performing. I don't know know about other artists. (laughs) I'm talking for myself. For yourself. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Those of us who are your lifelong forever fans, we appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. So if, if you were to name the title of the book about your life, mm-hmm. what would you call it? Oh, my God. Like, I have had seven different people trying to give me titles because I'm actually writing a book. You are? Yes, no I am. No way. I can't no, wait I to am. You, I don't know if you've heard of Robert Burale. Y- yes, I have, actually. Yes. So he was giving me these titles and... I'm thinking, okay, these, these are very nice, they're deep, but I don't want something that is, is um, it tells everything yeah. there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an abstract person, so um, I have like 
seven or like 14 different ones. So honestly speaking, I don't know because I'm still trying to figure out the title for my book. It's, it's okay. About, I it's, guess you're still alive anyway. So your story I'm is still, still being writing. written. I'm, I'm, I'm still writing and there's, there's times I write like parts or chapters and I have to come back to these chapters. I'm not using a ghostwriter. I'm going to write everything myself. Then wow. I'm going to give to somebody to read through yeah, and to arrange okay. it for oh, me. That's cool so it will be authentically you me like like everything i'm i'm, I'm going to the depth of of um how my addiction started and the reason as to why it I, it happened for that long yeah. the reasons i think it happened for that long yeah. my childhood how i grew up the things i thought and the, the, the basically the way my my upbringing has affected my adult life that's that's I think that's a very important message because many times people don't realize that your childhood sh- shapes who you become yes. and, and your beliefs yes. as you go into adulthood. Yes. And sometimes if you don't deal with your struggles from childhood, they can ruin your, your adulthood. Adu- yes, that's very true. Yeah. Okay, cool. One other question. Do you think you will ever like, reunite with I know I know with you, the girls. Yes. No, not really. I, I I personally believe it is if it is something that's gonna happen, it's not a bad thing. Because as the women that we are right now, we sat down and discussed. We talked about the issues we had before, we set the record straight and we're fine right now. So if it is something that happened, it's not something we're against happening. That it is makes something me happy. yes, it is something that, that I mean, we was put together for a reason. When God put something together, nobody can, you nobody understand? Nobody can yes. put it so, so, yes. yes, so all of us went with, with, with this dream when it got to um, performing, when it got to music, we was put together. We all won separately, but the, the, the prize was for us to be put together. So I believe God would not have allowed that to happen if it wasn't meant to happen. Sure. So if it is something that happens, and if it happened, I think it would be a good thing. None of us are against it. I think I think I, I it's safe for me to say most Ugandans will mm. be happy of to course. see the Coca-Cola pop star girls. Yeah. <laughs> they they would have to be happy because because I believe when it came to 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 talent at a young age, I think we brought it out really well. You did. We were judged by uh, we had judges from Sony, we had judges from South Africa. None of them were from here, and these are the people that work with very big labels and they work with big musicians so for them to choose us and say you girls you guys are the cream of uh, of uganda talent wise vocally and performance wise i think it is it's something beautiful it's a big deal yes, it, it is. is congratulations Thank because you. you will forever be a coca-cola pop star, pop star. yeah <laughs> there you go i'm so i'm so jealous <laughs> okay do you think you will ever retire from music i can't say retire Although I believe there will come a point in my life when music is no longer my mainstream. Okay. It will be something on the side. Because okay. you just never know. Dolly Parton still sings. True. Yeah. True. Yes. So it's, uh, Madonna is still alive. Madonna, yeah, exactly. And, and, and you, just, you just never know. Because when it comes to something that is, that is inborn, that is in your blood, you can get to a point when somebody asks you to come to studio and you, you can't say no. Or you can get to a point when you feel... You're having, I personally use music as my getaway for 
a lot of things. Mm. So there's points you can feel, okay, I would need, if I work with so-and-so, oh, I need to go and let this out. And you step into studio, but it will no longer be that mainstream. You wake up in the morning, you go to bed and it's that now. Okay, so now let's get into the serious stuff. Okay. Um, what, what do you remember was your first like, experience of being high or, or, or drunk? Drunk, let me and how see. Old, and how old were you? I think I was about 23, 22, 23. Wow, are you yeah. serious? Yeah, I, like my upbringing was that strict. 22, 23, um, I was out then with uh, my boyfriend. He had just come into the country. So he bought me these, um, these shots. Ooh. And that's when I took them for the first time. And I was, um, I was like, wow. I didn't know that was wow or not wow, <laughs> but I was just there. Yeah, that was, that was the first time. Okay. Yes. And what, what exactly was your particular poison? Mine, mine was alcohol. Actually, mm. in one of my episodes, I talked about the first time I got drunk. For me, I was seven. I was seven years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was a funny story. And it wasn't completely... I mean, okay, maybe it was my fault. But I didn't know that mm. alcohol can make you that drunk. Okay. Yeah. I was going to school and my mom had bought me some juice to take mm-hmm. for break time. But I drank it from home, so mm-hmm. by the time to go to school, I didn't have the ju- I didn't have the juice. Mm-hmm. So I went into her room and I replaced it with her red wine. Yeah, so I just filled my bottle up with wine and I went to school. Yeah, and you I were happy the whole time. I was so <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. I really really was. But um for me, it was just the beginning of like mm. a downward spiral. Mm. So for you, what was your particular poison? My poison was a pethidine. Oh, the painkiller? Yes, the oh. painkiller, which uh, if uh, most, most of the times I had access to, if I didn't have access to it, it was ketamine. Oh. It's a date rip. The Yes, that one. So, but, but the 95% was a pethidine, the painkiller. Okay. That was my How poison. How did you get into? I I I read it was from an accident. Yeah, I I had um, a back problem, should I say, oh. and um, a few of the remedies that I was supposed to to undertake, I just wasn't sure if I would come out of them. So, the 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 painkiller was given to me as a you know you're going for a show, and they're telling you this this this. I'm like you know what I have to be on stage. Just give me something to help me with the pain, for today. And then that's what I was given. And I'm, I was having this pain for like this long and I have this injection and in like 30 seconds, I feel nothing. And then I go and do my four or five performances in the night. And I'm like, okay, I can, this is not bad. So the next time while I'm still thinking about like what my, my next step is going to be, I'm like, let me first keep using this for now. And yeah. And you ended up getting hooked. Yeah, but I was warned before about it. I was told that it's very highly addictive. And uh, I just didn't believe that they could, I could actually be warned over something like this because I knew about addiction. Like these are things that, that I've been reading about. I've seen like big musicians and what. So I'm like, how can you even talk about addiction to me? So it's basically something that happened and I didn't even realize mm. 
that I was getting addicted to the drug. And I think that's what we need to now start educating ourselves mm. more on. That it's not just heroin, cocaine, yes, alcohol that are addictive. There's so mm. many other things that are addictive. I try. I do try to tell people mm. that you know a lot. There's food. There's people that are <laughs> There's addicted food, to food. To food yes. There's people that are addicted to gaming. And they just yes. cannot leave their, their, their PCs or their screens. They're just gaming like morning to morning. There are people who are addicted to sex. There yeah, are people, yes. There's, there's, there's people who are addicted to, to masturbation. There's people who are addicted to stealing. You yes, know? So there's, yes, there's, there's, there's kleptomaniacs. So there's many people, there's many addictions. But the problem is when you speak about addiction, when it comes to our community, the first thing they jump to is... Injaga, weed. Injaga, yes. <laughs> and, yes. And, and, and they forget that, that, that weed literally is something right now on the table that is so down, so low. People are using <laughs> ice, people are using kachwiri, people are smoking kachwiri, people are taking uh, unrefined cocaine, people are taking impure heroin, and they just don't, the first thing that comes to them is injaga. There's so many things you can get addicted to. Yeah, that's, that's so true. So for you, what, mm. what was the point where you felt like, okay, this is a problem, I need to do something about, about it? it? It it came like way much later when now like my fans as well were worried about me and um, my family tried their best and they had started backing off from me. But they were not doing it because they wanted to do it. They were doing it because I had overstretched their patience as, a, an, addict. as an addict. So it wasn't easy for them. They were receiving so much backlash from people because it was all coming back to them. To them. And yet uh, I had refused to let them come to me to help to me. Help you. So everybody was angry at them. You're her family. You're supposed to do this for her and stuff like that. So all that was happening, my career... I could not go to studio. I did not have the will to write. I didn't have the will to sing or to even stand on stage. And yet this was the one thing that literally breathed life into me. Even when I'm sick, I've, I mean, I've been to hospital before from, from, from a drip. And in 30 minutes, I'm on stage. Wow. And when I get on stage, I do it and I forget things later. I'm like, oh God, I'm weak. Then I remember. So this is something that brought happiness to me and I no longer wanted to associate with it so it just somehow wasn't making sense and then later when you know i managed to to read about comments from people to look at videos of myself things that would happen the pain i was causing my family that's when i said i think i actually do have a problem that's a very important time i think in mm. in an addict's life when you get to actually reflect on not just your own life, but the mm. lives of those you're affecting. That you're affecting. Because addiction, it affects not just the addict, but also the people around yeah. them. And I want us to spread more messages where we mm. tell people that you don't have to let it get to that point mm. where you, you've ruined almost all mm. the rela personal relationships in your life mm. and now you're isolated and you're feeling lonely and anxious and mm. depressed all at the same time it doesn't have to get to that point mm. you can check yourself earlier on and that's why it's important for us to have these discussions where mm. we make it okay to talk about addictions all types of addictions mm. well who was the most significant person in your journey to recovery 
Um, I could speak about a lady, the one that actually flew me out of the country uh, when she got to realize that uh, literally me being in, the, in, the, in Uganda was toxic. The environment was extremely toxic. Um, she's called uh, Becky, Sharon Becky Sashleben. And she sent somebody to me and then she told them to find out. The person asked me, what is it that you want? what can be done for you i just said you may not need to do much for me but if you leave me in this place for another few days you're going to find a dead body and uh, he went back and said i'll get back to you and in a couple of days actually about um should i say an hour so just a few minutes to me actually going to take my life in there he came to pick me up i was picked up from there so you were, you were even having suicidal thoughts? I was suicidal. I had attempted suicide five times before. So that was my sixth and final attempt. Because yeah. I already had these battery cells dried up and I was going to use the powder. I was just waiting for them to tell to, for the lockup time and to go into the room to get locked and oh, no. I do it. Wow. Yeah. That... That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. And I think so many times we forget that our celebrities are also just people. That's, 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 what, that, that's what people just forget. You know, there's so many people that go through addiction. The only difference with me is I was in the limelight and I was judged and everything was brought back to music and my addiction had completely nothing to do with music. You know, they have this thing of uh, it completely had nothing to do with music or nothing to do with the people that were around me. And that's what Ugandans just didn't understand. And they forget that I am human. Yeah. We are human, actually. Yeah. If, 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 for example, a celebrity cheats on his girlfriend or she cheats on her boyfriend, it becomes a big deal. And yet, they forget in their own homes people that they've been cheated on or they've been hurt. The same people who are judging exactly. are actually also unfaithful in their own Exactly. So it, it, it was, um, for me, it was just the, the, the judging. That was, that was too much for me, way too much for me. Yeah. So I, the suicidal thoughts, those I had, because I was tired. Every time I came out of rehab and I felt I was okay, I would read the stories written and I'm like, this is not true and there's nothing I hate in my life like yeah. somebody telling lies about me i do i completely i cannot tolerate that so it kept every time i would come back i'm like okay the time i came out there like they had written about me i, I was dead like four six times and I'm like since that's what you want why don't i just do it and go so you actually have something real and true to, to write about wow, wow. Mm. that's that's a very dangerous state of mind yeah me. when when you get to when you get to that state when your mind gives up just know the rest of, of you has given up. So fall. nothing matters anymore to you. And all you just think about is, I just want to sleep. Because when I sleep, I don't, I don't think, I don't feel pain. That's all I want. But I want to sleep and I just never want to wake up. That's so tough. Mm -hmm. That's so tough. But looking at the warrior now in front of me, oh, yeah. like you have clearly turned everything around. Yes, I have. I, I, I did everything possible in my power, but you know, I'm just a human being. And this is a divine battle. 
it's not just an ordinary battle. The ones that you go, you're gonna somebody abuses you, you abuse back and it's done, it's done, or you're gonna throw punches, it's done. No. This is a divine battle. It's about the spirit, it's a spiritual thing. So that is another huge battle I had to find. I had to find myself in God again to be able to fight this. Okay. So you're back to being very prayerful. Oh, yes, I do pray. I do pray before I go to bed. I pray in the morning. I pray before I go on stage. And I just completely have not forgotten what God did for me because it is just, it's his mercy. God is all. Yes. Amen. Amen. It is all his mercy indeed. Okay, so how do you feel your life has improved since um, quitting the painkillers? I can work. That is one. I can I can work. And two, I do get pain. I still get the pain oh. that I, I do. But mentally, I fight it. Like there's times I, I, I get the pain and the back, my back is too painful. I'm not going to sleep on a mattress that day. I'm going to sleep on the carpet for like three, four days. So it has got to be the hard ground that works on it, on the back for me. Wow. So I have to find the plan B. That is one. If I have like uh, my little nieces, I got this niece uh, called Victoria or Ahan, for example, and I get on the floor and I tell them to jump on my back or to just stand on my back or play on it. Oh. And I will do everything possible not to swallow Panadol, even Panadol or an aspirin. I will only take a painkiller or any medication when um, in Luganda, like I'm at this point when you're against the wall. I'm against, like, there's nothing I can do. I had my surgery. When I got out of surgery, I was in so much pain. And the doctor, the, the head surgeon in Nairobi is prescribing pethidine. But I didn't have the strength to speak because I was just out of, of, of surgery. So I tried to, like, tell him no, no, I could not. I didn't have the strength. But his assistant pulled him to the side and said, you can't give her pethidine. He's like, no, no, pethidine will help with the pain. And he says, no, that's Jackie Chandiru. She was addicted to pethidine. And I think she's trying to tell you not, no, not to, to give it. it to her. Find anything else. So I did have all those other painkillers to get over the pain. But the only time I ever pressed that emergency call button is when the pain was beyond. And I would just tell them, do something. That was it. So your back still hurts even yeah, after it does. surgery? Actually, as we speak, it hurts. Oh my god! Because I've been, I've been up and down, walking like... And you're wearing heels. It has to happen. <laughs> Image is everything. <laughs> Image is everything. That is yes. true. That is very, very true. Especially yes. in your line of work. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. The sacrifices our celebrities make for us. And we don't even know. And people don't even know. Man, we need to be more grateful for you guys. <laughs> okay. So, how do you... Do you still get cravings for... Yes, they do come. Yeah. So, how, how do you fight the urge? I think about it's the price that I'm still pay, uh, paying up till date. And uh, I don't want to keep paying it. I will do anything not to pay <laughs> the price that I'm paying. So, when I think about that, I'm like, nah. It's, it's easy. It's, it's not worth no. it. Okay. That's beautiful. That's encouraging. Okay. What, um, what advice would you give to someone who 
is struggling with sobriety they keep saying you know what let's say today i'm not going to drink and next thing you know by midday there's a bottle in their hands people who can't live without the beer but they know they should leave it alone what advice would you give them it starts with you that's 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 it starts with you and when you know that when you know that you have it, when you really want to stop something just know like i mentioned addiction is not just any kind of battle it's a spiritual battle so you also have to be in check on your religious side because i do not consider it um i believe this is one of the high the the, the high ranking parts of of say the devil fighting that's what i believe because uh, in addiction. yes in yes. addiction because you know you're doing something wrong you know it you know that this is this is wrong that's the reason why most of the time they prefer like addict, addicts are introverts they prefer you to be alone a, because yeah. they they start they rear they know when they're doing something wrong people, people will see, see and they're going to talk about it so they prefer to do whatever it is that they're doing in private yeah. so it starts with you and on, if you, if you're not in check with your religious side of it, then it's not a battle that you're gonna find. Amy Winehouse lost it. Michael Jackson lost it. Who of us are even bigger than, than, than these people? Who am I for me to be judged by an entire country? And they will say nothing about Michael Jackson and, and Propofol and Pethadine. Pethadine was one of the drugs he was using. Also him? Yes. Wow. Wow, it's really addictive. Yes. There's so many doctors, medical personnel that I know that use it and they cannot function. Exactly. I used to watch a series, uh, House, Dr. Yes, House. House. Dr. House was addicted to morphine, but without morphine, he would not pass any correct diagnosis or even supervise a surgery and it works. That is it. I know so many people that use it. It's not just me. People will be surprised that some people will be surprised when you go to certain doctors, they actually use it. But you can't tell. You can't tell because yeah. they've, they've become high-functioning addicts yes. now. They, know, they now can only function. When they are using that. Wow. And they actually fu function very well when they are using. So it doesn't even seem like it's a problem. Exactly. But it is because once it's not there, then they're... They make so many mistakes. And that's dangerous because you, you need to always be in charge of yourself, mm -hmm. whether you're using or not you need to be able to be yeah. wow that is you are such a hero and in fact it's funny that you mentioned emmy winehouse i was talking to my friend the other day and she said um because i told her i was coming to do this interview with you i was so excited i couldn't help I had to tell someone <laughs> so I, I we were talking about you and she was she said she compared you to emmy winehouse she was like she is like the emmy winehouse of uganda she's so talented she's so good she's a great performer and you know she had she had that problem but of course, while we both agreed you were better was because mm. you've actually managed to fight yours mm. and you're here today and you're starting yep. afresh and you will be beyond okay. You will be great. I have to be. I have to be. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that easy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's that fighter spirit that, yeah. that everyone needs, honestly, yeah. if they're going to fight something like this. True. Wow. Okay. I, um, I have just one more. Yes. One more question and this one really is for you is there a question that you feel you wanted me to ask you oh my god uh jeez 
basically you're free to ask me and that's why i say that i can go i don't even have to go through that and uh, when you told me like what your podcast is about you don't even have to give me the questions to look at before because i would want to 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 answer the questions as they come head on yeah because when it comes to addiction there's so many things if i sat down to explain to people they probably would not even understand and if I mentioned, if I answer one question, then they'll have five more that will come out from just from that, that one, one question. question. So whatever it is that you feel, is there any, okay, is there any question that you haven't asked me that you think I should answer? Well, let me see. What would you say to people who think mental illness is still something for the Western world? And people who don't um, think, those, you know that Ugandan um, saying, depression isn't real for Africans. So what would you tell someone like that? I think they're stupid. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up. I love that, yeah. No, Honestly, that, that, is, that is stupidity because one of the things that, that leads people into addiction is depression. That is one. When people go and commit suicide, they are depressed. depressed. Mentally, they are not okay. Their mental health is not okay. When people, the other time a girl got uh, dumped, I think in Dubai or somewhere, she went up on the building and she just stood there for some time. She had those minutes, those, those seconds to be able to think about what she's doing. But she even puts aside the fact that when you commit suicide, you go straight to hell. Because it's not you that is in charge of taking your life. Your life. It's not you who gave yourself life. You she can't felt choose you to can't choose to take your life. There's a reason as to why you was given life. There's a reason as to why we're su- we have we're, we're supposed to pray for the discernment spirit to know what is right, what is wrong. So mental health is not something for the Western world. I'm sure these people are talking just because when something happens, I, well, they could be villagers at one point. So when something happens, they go back and sit and they'll say, Achijakugwa, and they forget about it. But they forget this is something that is going to stay in a small way. You just Once you give depression or mental weakness a small loophole, it can completely consume you. You can do things to people that you don't, like, like you don't wish to have done. I watch documentaries, crime documentaries. A man, I, I know of people that kill their whole family because they're, they're, they're separate. The wife wants to leave the man, for example, and is going to take the kids with them, with, with, with her. And he's like, if I'm not with my kids, I would rather we are all not here. So he kills them all. That is mental health. That is depression. He's, the fact that he's going to lose his family depresses him. And I'm sure there's people here that go through that. When you see the policemen, they've been writing about taking their lives or dying or committing suicide. It's not because there's some that have just gotten promotions. It's supposed to be something good, but there's something else that's going on. So when a person wakes up and says it's for the Western world, I will comfortably say they're stupid. And they're just being myopic. It's the truth. Because if if it did what it did to me, and I'm still paying the price till dead, seven years of addiction, seven years of rehabilitation in and out of hospital, getting into trouble, going broke, going hungry and what? Depression, nothing else. Nothing else. So if they think it's something for the Western world, why did they accept colonization in the first place? Why do they dress like Western people? Why do they even watch TV? Why don't they stay in hats? So tell me, if, if, if they think it's for the Western world, why do they drive? They should be walking. 
wedding donkeys. Wide, yes, wedding donkeys. We, we that, that's our kind of thing. So that is how it's supposed to be. If they believe it's something for the Western world, why do they go to hospital? They should just go and pick leaves from the garden and treat themselves. Yeah. Damn. Like damn. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Wow. Okay, so if you could be remembered for two things, only two things, what would they be? What would you um, want them to be? One, I would want uh, to be remembered for my music, for, for, for my legacy, for, for my difference when it comes to, to my art. And two, I would want to be remembered for that big-headed Lubar girl <laughs> that stood in front of the devil and laughed in his face and Amen. said, checkmate. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I love that. I- oh my gosh. Okay, so for the first time mm-hmm. on the podcast, I'm going to be playing a song and I'll okay. be playing your song. So I just want you to do like a small, quick intro thing thing for the song and then I will play. It depends on which one you want to play. Do you want to play? Oh, I think you should play I'll Be Okay. I just released it. I and love that. It's entirely about. It's called I'll Be Okay. I'll Be Okay. And it's the truth because. You will be. I will be. You know, you know, in medicine, we're considered recovering addicts. We're never recovered, fully recovered, because any time a trigger, yeah. it can send you back to, to, to what you've done before. But the lyrical content of this song can apply to anyone. A person who's lost a job, a person who has been dumped, you know, this relationship <laughs> thing, a person who has lost uh, everything, it doesn't matter whatever it is. It's about, I'll be okay, you're not necessary. Everybody else's opinion is not necessary because you know you're going to be okay. So I am a recovering addict, although in my heart and uh, prayer-wise, God told me I am healed. So I will be okay. And whatever it is that people say, all think before, whatever it is that I think of my many scars on my body, which I would like to inform them, every winner has a scar. Amen. Yeah? Whatever it is that they have in their minds about me, whatever it is that they read, whatever it is that they think or want to think, I will be okay. okay. I love that. I love that message so much. I think it's perfect for you, for this podcast, and for Ugandans. We, we all need to believe that we will be okay. And they need to believe that everybody needs a second chance Amen. in life. It doesn't matter what has happened in life. When it comes to music, I was given a second chance by, by, by my new management, New Number 256 Music. They've given me a second They believe in me. It was actually their idea for me to sing this, put your life into I'm like, how am I going to explain? I have like so much to say. They're like, no, you have exactly three minutes <laughs> to tell us. Everything, everything and you have got to relate it to every other person because that is you and the fact that they gave me the wow, second chance good. there's no way i'm going to disappoint them god gave me a second chance so why not amen amen, amen. i love that we should all be kinder to people who are yes. going through second chances yes. because we don't know what the real struggle was yes. that they went through so giving giving people that kindness that's mm-hmm. saying you know what it's okay let's try again let's mm-hmm. see what else you can do i think that's beautiful i think it's going to be amazing for you especially because now you're you're back you're bigger you're I'm better ex- i'm excited I'm, I'm 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 so excited and and you know the the, the reception i have beats my understanding i didn't even think because when i left i had this negative thing i didn't even expect the love that I'm getting. Are you so joking? I'm excited. I'm you excited. are a girl. <laughs> I'm excited completely and also. 
Oh, I'm so happy to have you back. I'm so thankful to you for doing this. Thank you for talking to me, for sharing with me, for being so honest and so warm and so lovely and just beautiful. <laughs> I have just been staring at you the whole time. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, this has been so good, so great, so fun. Thank you so much. You're Miss welcome. Jackie Chandiru. <laughs> I cannot welcome. believe I've met you. Like, I can die now. <laughs> oh, no, don't. We <laughs> still have a lot to do. Amen. Amen, sis. Amen. Man, that was such a great interview for me. And I just hope that you enjoyed it too because I definitely had fun doing it. And it was also my very first ever celebrity interview. So I don't know if that showed. I think it did. But feel free to let me know what you think to critique me, I guess. <laughs> As always, I live for the feedback and the continued um, discussions that I have with you guys, my very lovely listeners, about sobriety and addiction and all that good stuff. And so, yeah, just let me know what you think about this episode and the different topics that we discussed. And before I say bye and play Jackie's new song, I just want to warn you, it is a vibe. Like, this song is such a vibe. It's so good. It's been stuck in my head for days, like literally days. I don't know. I don't know what, what happened to her in her recovery, but she's come back so much better. Like, just listen to the song. It's, it's so good. So yeah, till next week. Um, bye. And here's I'll Be Okay by the one and only Jackie Chandiru.
Do you see me?